and to know that what whatever I feel called, whatever my heart is called to, I no longer have a parent telling me what to do. I have to choose and I have to feel into what is right for myself and what is in alignment for my soul. And if that's protect the planet, that makes more sense than anything else. You know, I've lost one mother. Why would, why would I risk losing another? That's Kate Nelson, the Plastic Free Mermaid, and you're listening to... The Beginning of Us. Feel like something is rapidly transfiguring in my core being an awakening of sorts. The Beginning of Us. A raw conversation hosted by your main frother, Billy Otto. Pulling apart what it means to rebirth, to rewild, to be curious and to rechild. What up world? I see you. I feel you. I know you. Through social media. Thank you. Yeah, it's been um, an epic adventure launching this potty and I really just want to thank you all for getting behind it. Um, Received an overwhelming amount of responses. Love, ratings, reviews, comments, emails couple of text messages from my friends and um yeah i just really feel so much purpose and meaning in this platform and the feedback on the carl leinhardt episode um was really raw and beautiful and um i just want to just give a shout out especially to all the men that came forward and were like yeah bro this is pretty real thanks for talking about porn and broken father-son relationships and um having toxic relationships with our partners Stummy from Germany says, Hey, congrats on the podcast. Love the vibes and vulnerability you guys show. So brave. Vanya from New York said, Wow, just wow, Billy Otto. I loved everything about this episode. Can I say it was audibly orgasmic to stay relevant to it? Question mark. Lol. Cheers. Fam from the States. Johnny said, My bro, Billy Otto, has done something special with this new podcast and Up First is such a legend inspiration to me personally, Kyle Leinhardt. Press play to listen, learn, and love. Dave from Sydney said, It's so good, bro, giving me all the life this morning. Yeah, so cool. Today, wow, what an episode. Listen to the whole thing. Um, Kate Nelson is the biggest inspiration. So, um, yeah, guys. Get behind my people that I'm interviewing and uh, I just really thank you for the support again. Heaps of love. The beginning of us. I'm so honoured today to be with the water woman, magical mermaid yogi goddess. Single use plastic free for over 10 years. She just oozes with bravery and care. Kate Nelson, you embody activism like no one I've ever met. Yeah. So, uh... Mm. You've changed my life and um, I'm really honoured to be able to share some time with you today. Thank you for coming on my little show. Aw, thanks, Brother Billy. <laughs> <laughs> what an intro. Thank you. Oh, far out. It's good. I actually went for a bit of a swim before. Just like, I just want to mm. like, came from another interview and I was just like, I just want to reground. Yeah. And um, just decompress. Mm. And uh, I was just floating like a child. Mm in the great mother ocean and just, yeah, just really bringing a lot of intention into this chat. And mm. um, 
I just know there's going to be so much flow because you are just the woman of flow. So you're always just flowing. Even though you cry many tears for the planet, you're just constantly in flow. Mm, yeah, I feel um, definitely deeply connected to the water element and it's so <laughs> lovely to really go there, to, to reconnect um, to nature, to our water planet, to you know the water element that flows through our blood, through our bodies, and yeah, the cleansing water, the sweet water that we drink that uh, we need, like, oh... So grateful for water wow. and yeah, just love being. I wish in you flow could see state. this. Kate is actually <laughs> levitating right now. <laughs> no, ever since I met you, Kate, your life has been very convicting to me. Mm. And I have friends now that tell me, Billy, it's very challenging to sometimes be around you because you have a convicting presence about the decisions mm. you make and the uh, the beautiful um, beliefs that are in your life right now that you stick to and. Um, but you're a whole other level, Kate, and mm. I think you're like fully inspiring a generation mm. more than you'd ever know. So. Thank you. Mm, yeah, it's, thank it's, you for holding up the flag. You know. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I hear you. I, I think that it can be intense for mm. people to um, to witness someone. Uh, like yourself or you know me that chooses to give up plastics and it can be confronting uh, for people to kind of like face their own consumption perhaps and and it feels uh, yeah it feels intense this energy where um, you know I'm not pushing anything on anyone I don't want anyone to do anything that they're not comfortable with it's it's a choice you know I I live an extreme lifestyle I haven't used plastics for 10 years um, or plus and um, yeah, that's my choice. I, I have this really hard boundary around it and it's kind of extreme, or at least it was 10 years ago for sure. Uh, and, and it's extreme so that other people feel more comfortable to, to live a little bit less plasticky <laughs> if yeah. they feel so inspired. Yeah. Mm. Um, I would love to know, because we're going to get more into that, I would love to know what your day looked like today, a day in the life, because you also have a very alternative lifestyle. Mm. Mm -hmm. um, global nomad. But yeah, what did Friday look like for you? Well, you know, it's, it's funny because this alternative lifestyle, no day is the same. Um, I just finished hosting a mermaid retreat uh, in, my, in my local here in Byron Bay. So this morning I slept in. It was so nice. <laughs> well, till like eight o'clock. And um, yeah, usually I'm up really early, but slept in, just regenerating uh, after holding space for a transformation of my mermaids. Um, yeah, and then I went to the gym. I've been really sad lately because of all the bushfires and just the koalas oh, and, the, and the wildlife that we're losing. Um, so I went to the gym to get those endorphins. Um, and then I came to the office. I've been here. I work from Sustainable Valley, a co-working space, and I've just been researching. Beautiful space, by the way. Isn't it gorgeous? Yeah. So many plants. So Great many energy. legends. Legends. Yeah. Um, and just tuning in with the community. I've been away hosting this retreat all week, so I um, just wanted to tap back in and, and research more about the fires and, and create a little bit of a um, response publicly um, and yeah just create create a little bit of clarity around all of the confusion that's circulating online about the fires in the state of Australia we've got millions of dollars pouring into our country and it, uh, you know going where so um, and now false narratives being spread around the world about the causes of the the fires um, uh, being caused by arson and yeah there's just a lot of misinformation so I feel like it's um, yeah I felt compelled to create a little bit of clarity around that and I've just been, you know, slaving away in the office today. So it's nice to have a chat with you. <laughs> After this, I'm going to go for a surf and oh. eat lots of veggies and go to bed. <laughs> okay, Kate. 
Catch us all up. So the plastic free mermaid, where did this all begin with this great mermaid motif? Mm. When did you start to embody that? And um, it's a beautiful thing. It's a great story Mm. from what I've seen, but please tell my audience and the world. Yeah. yeah, Why mermaids? Mm. Well, I'm, I'm originally a freshwater mermaid. I <laughs> grew up in Minnesota, which is known as the land of lakes. So we have 100,000 lakes in Minnesota. It's very puddly. 100,000? Yeah, heaps, like in lots of forests. It's where the Great Lakes spill from Canada into the U.S. So mm. it's really watery. Um, and then from there, it flattens out and becomes farmland. <clears throat> Um, so yeah, I used to spend all my summers uh, between uh, canoe camp counseling in the Boundary Waters, taking kids on canoe trips, and then uh, spending it in San Diego, junior lifeguarding with my family over there. So love for water and then love for ocean and studied in, in California and worked for a scientist who was studying um, microorganisms, ingesting microplastics, and just feeling really... Um, yeah, really, all the water sports, you know, all, all, all the water sports appealed to me, surfing, sailing, scuba diving, freediving, and um, so being in the water uh, was where I kind of identified as mermaid, and then, and then learning about plastics affecting this playground, this temple. This so was there like a catalyzing moment for that? Yeah, oh, absolutely. That was like... I've that was seen the it, I can't unsee it. That was the scientist. The scientist. Yeah. Doctor, what was... Dr. Andrea Neal. Yeah, I read that in your bio. So she was studying um, microorganisms ingesting microplastics. And, you know, this was 11 years ago. I was like, come yeah. again? What does that mean? And so she was the one that said, plastic does not biodegrade, Kate. Like, it photodegrades, light breaks it up into tiny millions of pieces, little microplastics that are irretrievable in the environment, you know, even beyond, microscopic, we can't even see those with the naked eye, and now we're learning more about that, which I can talk mm. more about, but, you know, Such at that time. Such a futurist, time, <laughs> way before a time. Oh, man, and that's what, that was that fli- uh, switch flicked for me, because I was like, oh, my God, we don't know this, we don't know about any of this. My gosh, like, I was in college at the time, you know, you know, playing beer pong with red solo cups and um, drinking out of plastic water bottles and taking coffees and takeaway cups, so much plastic. And I thought, gosh, this is definitely, I am contributing to this. So that's when I quit plastics. I thought of all the things affecting the planet, this is one thing I can control. I can quit my personal contribution to this plastic, which is ending up in the oceans. You know, this is my playground. So that's when I I started with, you know, I recruited my best friends and I told them all about plastic and they were so upset and we started a nonprofit called Save the Mermaids. Um, Mm. We all would dress up like mermaids and it was great storytelling. You know, it was easier for people to relate to this mythical being, you know, these feminine creatures that were coming from the ocean to defend it and tell people about plastic that's, you know, polluting our homes. So people could, it it softened it a bit. It was Mm. less standing outside. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't aggressive. It wasn't standing outside of grocery stores like begging for signatures or donations. It was like, we come from the ocean. It was, you know, people had a giggle, a laugh. They were like, ah, you mermaids, you know? But then we had the science to back it up. Mm. Um, And so growing up in the States, um, you gained your conviction and, and what made you grow into this global citizen? Mm, I mean... Did you come to Australia years ago? Sorry? Did you come to Australia, like, years ago? Yeah, yeah, probably about eight years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And I met Tim Silverwood. I remember we were sitting on a picnic bench in Newcastle. Who is he for all the listeners? Take three. Tell us a bit about Tim, just quickly. 
Oh, well, yeah. Well, this was before he founded Take Three for okay. the Sea. So this Sweet. was years ago. And we were just like, how do we, what do we do about plastic? What's, what's, um, what's the solution? And then he, of course, went on to found Take Three for the Sea with two other amazing mermaid legends, um, which is, you know, every time you're out and about, take three, all, you know, three pieces of trash. It takes one hand to pick up three pieces of trash if you're at the beach, if no matter where you are, um, always be on the lookout to pick up trash and just keep our planet clean. Mm, Tim, such a pioneer. So it was awesome. I was I was here about eight years ago, and um, yeah, I think you know, global citizen. The planet is connected by water. We're connected by our oceans. Mm, this is a water planet. planet. Mm. Yeah. So it's it's less. It's the land that's separated. But like when your heart is in the ocean, you're always connected. Mm. So Kate, tell me, like, what really wakes you up in the morning? What burns within that beautiful mermaid heart? the mm. most and maybe even what breaks your heart but mm. what really gives you purpose as well mm. yeah it's interesting we do a lot of work um, on the mermaid retreat about finding our purpose and and finding that that reason for being and the reason to to wake up in the morning and uh for me you know right now feeling the sadness for for the loss of the fires and tapping into that and where that comes from and then being able to go jump in the water after a long day of trying to figure out how to tell the story, how to, how to make this narrative compelling so that people are engaged, um, whilst also very informative, but not too informative that we lose people's attention. Uh, that's, that's what gets me up in the morning. It's being a storyteller for the earth. Mm, beautiful. Mm, I think that's it. You know, I, I, I feel... Um, so deeply connected to so many parts of our planet, so many parts of nature, especially the ocean, of course, and to speak for her, to offer the planet, Mother Earth, you know, Mother Ocean, to speak for her, to offer her a voice in all of the animals and, and wildlife that don't have a voice and all of the humans that don't have a voice that are so affected by the natural disasters and, and the changing climate. That is such a fire that burns inside of me and, and I have so much energy for it. Mm. Yeah, I think it was Damo Cole earlier this year when I started writing that song, Can't Take the Ocean mm. Out of Me. I love that song. <laughs> he actually <laughs> called me up. I told Sean the story today, but just he called me up because our friend Dusty Boots couldn't write it at mm. the time and I'm like, I'll do it. I was at Isabel Lucas's house, wrote mm. the song, and I sent it over to my friends in Chicago to mix. Johnny put some sax on it. I was editing the song on the way to see Damo for a paddle out in Torquay. And uh, like, I was like so nervous in the day. Uh, like there was a couple of thousand people that were there, 3,000. Mm. So I'd never sung the song. I got wow. up there and I was just like, we'd already hugged and kind of cried on each other's shoulders because we, mm. we couldn't believe what was happening. I played the song, he got on stage with me on the sand stage and was just like, take me. Yes, Next minute he gets up. <laughs> He gets up and just with like tears in his voice was just like for millennia, mm. she has given to us mm. for generations, but it's just mm. now that she's asking us for help. She's crying out for help. Mm. And we don't personify the ocean enough, mm. I don't think. And I think we've always living within the Anthropocene, this duality of what we are and what we are not. We are not nature. That mm. is nature. Mm-hmm. But First Nations always believed that they were part of nature mm. and that nature was them and that we're part of this great, beautiful, organic ecosystem. Mm. 
Yeah, I think that's um, that's why we don't personify the ocean is because mm. um, we don't, you know, that that's that um, anthropogenic mindset to mm. try to make it like a person. I think we um, we like you said we instead should remember that we are interconnected, that we mm. are a part of this, that our actions do have consequences. And instead of just, we're not here to just take, take, take and be more comfortable and mm. be more, um, uh, you know, on holiday, mm. we're here to be connected, to be in community, to be in service. And the ocean is, is a part of that, just as we are a part of that. Um, mm. No bigger, no smaller, just interconnected, just just plain and simple, scientifically proven interconnected. You know, our this beautiful gigantic ecosystem that stretches the globe wide, and then the small, very you know, local ecosystem. All of it, we have impact, and that mm. is so beautiful. And you're right, First Nations people, the indigenous, we have so much to learn. Mm. Mm. Yeah. It's actually one of my intentions this year is to really spend a lot more time with elders. Mm. Like I know nothing about where I'm from in Newcastle. It's a Wapakal country. I don't know mm. so little mm. about uh, my culture there. Um, and in Sydney, just there's so much rich heritage. Mm. Mm-hmm. There was um, like close to Coogee, there was birthing baths. Wow. For Indigenous mummers, like... Oh just 300 years ago it's so incredible just to think wow. but just our, our white colonial spin like i'm just starting to read dark emu now mm. yeah but um so much wisdom that is so untapped mm-hmm. um i wish we could be more like the kiwis and and mm. really learn how we can learn from each other and mm. well that's it hey that's our job now, you know, um, with p- us, with networks and with people listening. Everyone's so crying out for ways to help and support. And that is why millions of dollars have been donated. Like, yes, it's easy to just click a button and have five bucks come for your, from your bank account. But, you know, there's so, so much care and, and there's so much confusion and there's so much hurt. So many hearts are aching and people are looking for what to believe in and looking for the answers and looking for clarity to all this confusion. And, um, that is, you know, something's the, the solutions are to slow down, to take a big pause and a deep breath, you know, and come back to the earth and come back to the indigenous who know the ways of this earth. You know, we have forgotten, but we can remember if we give pause and really, yeah, sit in circle in our community, in our local community, you know, respect and and seek out mentors if if we are accepted in the indigenous community um sit with our elders in our communities you know support youth you know so much fear um our, our youth have so much fear they're so scared and they feel so betrayed by the earth they're inheriting and the elders feel you know abandoned because they have given us this burning earth and the majority of them knew not what they were creating and they still feel so helpless and so you know despondent and and abandoned by us as as they, we point the blame to them so it's so up to us to to create these intergenerational circles of sharing to to sit with each other and hear each other's stories and this is what we've been doing for ages, centuries, is sitting in circle and sharing our feelings and hearing each other and how cathartic at a time like this when there's so much fear and pain and suffering to sit together. 
Because I think naturally in the West we think to ourselves, there's a problem, let's react, let's mm. get on the phone, let's Google it, mm. and we're just constantly reacting out yeah. of a place of anxiety, mm. like fuck, nihilism, mm. despondency, existential, yeah. my future, mm. your future, who's to blame, mm. who to scapegoat, who to demonize, how do we polarize? Mm. Yeah. But what would it mean to actually reground and just mm. put your feet in the water? And just mm. breathe. Because mm. naturally our tribal mindset wants to go, fuck that ScoMo guy. Yeah. Scotty for marketing, calling all these different names. And it's funny, great. Mm. And there's so much truth in that. But yeah. I think it still transcends one human. Clearly, yeah. clearly there's puppetry. Clearly there's a, there's a bigger game going on. Yeah. But it's a spiritual problem. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> More than anything. Nailed it. Yeah. Mm. And, and that's where my work's really heading. Like it's I yes I teach how to live plastic free and I'm like you can find all my DIY recipes on my website <laughs> and my YouTube whatever but let it rain you know um I can make plastic free crackers and cleaning products and facial cleansers whatever that you know all the things that were packaged in plastic I had to learn how to make that so like yeah. I'm a resource but more so what I'm feeling you know People need guidance to come back mm. to themselves. People need to be reminded to, to step away from the phone, which is just, you know, or the laptop, which is just, yeah, like you said, spouting all this fear tactics. Like that mm. is what clicks. That's what gets the clickbait is the, yeah. is the, is the bad news story. The so algorithm gets me. Yeah, <laughs> they're literally, and there are paid robots. There are paid trolls to, you know, it's just, it's just marketing and they're paid, they're, the government, you know, many... Um, vested interests are paying these technology companies to spread the narratives that are going to um, maintain their uh, fossil fuel goals. Mm. Of course, this is one of the you know, biggest exporters of coal on the planet, like mm. leading coal producers. So they don't want to have um, environmental uh, opinion overturn mm. their, their ec- economic gains. Uh, so yeah, there's there's the the internet. We can't necessarily trust all of these news sources and media sources. So we have to be even more grounded mm. and more um, discerning. Yeah, more discerning and more in alignment with our with our true self. And that mm. requires a lot of self work. That requires, um, you know, moving the body and breathing and sitting quietly in meditation to come into yourself, feel into yourself, and feel into what's true and right and good for yourself. You know, creating those boundaries for your energy and holding them so mm. important so that you're not sucked into um, Facebook scrolling or, or researching, you know, conspiracy theories or fighting, you know, mm. these social media wars that people get locked into. I do too, because I, yeah. you see someone comment something that you're like, that is just so untrue or gosh, that's <laughs> reacting from such fear and anxiety and it's just so sad. I'm like, please go jump in any body of water, yeah. go take a cold shower, you know, anything, change your state. Yeah. So that you can see more clearly or feel more deeply. Yeah. We've all definitely been keyboard warriors this year for some <laughs> especially in the last ten days. But mm. um how for someone who is pursuing then path at uh, the path, sorry, of, of consciousness, Kate, they're kind of new and they're kind of freaked out by I don't want to become a hippie. I felt like a year ago I was like, oh, am I becoming a hippie? What's going on with me? <laughs> but like if this whole conversation of spirituality is new, mm. like um, but 
obviously within all of us is something that transcends consumerism and just matter that we are spiritual mm. beings. Mm. Um, and so you're talking about turning up the level of consciousness, turning up that volume, but how do we, how can we start tapping into that? Mm. Yeah. Well, first, do we have to go to Northern India? <laughs> no, no, no. Um, well, first I think that, that hippie, um, is a beautiful word, but I, I think that's not the right word here. I think it's more of a realist. 100%. You're just a realist. You're just, you just believe the science. You see that you're part of this earth. You see that you breathe air. Mm. You see that you rely on food that's grown from soil, mm. soil that you hope is healthy so that your food has high nutritional value, yeah. you know, soil that you hope is local so that your food isn't traveling all over the world, that it's fresh. So it really yeah. fuels your body. You know that you drink water. You want your water to be clean. Yeah. <laughs> like that's just basic, you know, that's not hippie. I know. It, isn't it so sad? I was thinking about that, how I don't even know who coined the word hippie, potentially mm. <laughs> some like big oil dude. Yeah, it's just like these guys. <laughs> But it sucks. Like, what was the last term that was told in, like, November? Like, these woke inner city lefties. Like, all yeah. these, like, what is oh, the go with all these new words get thrown around? And then we're looking for labels. It's all marketing, yeah. It's all marketing. Like, where do these terms come from? Yeah. Like, even, even whilst we're on the topic of labels, this is one of my little pet, <laughs> I pet love it. projects. Um, you know, even the label of being vegan <sighs> is so, like, I eat plant-based and I have for, like, eight years, only plants. Um, on occasion, one time I, I speared a fish. Saw that um, post. <laughs> and it actually challenged me a little bit. I yeah. was a little bit like, oh. It's hard, right? Because I took a life to feed myself and my friends and, and hear me out, please, because mm -hmm. the reason I did that was because I ask people to go vegan. I ask people to eat plants for the planet and for animals um, and for their health. And if I'm gonna if I'm gonna ask meat eaters who you know probably don't prescribe to a lot of the things that I do, um, and I'm I'm not speaking to within my echo chamber anymore. Mm. I'm not speaking within my community of activists. I'm trying to reach out beyond all of us who shop at the bulk food store and bring our own cup and eat vegan. Like we're converted, right? Like we are environmentalists yeah. and we are doing the thing and we're talking amongst each other. But how do we reach that huge population of people that eat meat every day, three times a day? Like those are the people that I want to focus on. Those are the people that I want to convert over because once they learn about other things that we know us converted about the impact of, of eating vegan and how good that is for the, the country or sorry, for the world, for the planet, for the mm -hmm. ecosystem, uh, then, then they should make the decision themselves to eat less meat. But for, for them to listen to me and not be labeled as a hippie mm -hmm. or a crazy vegan, I wanted to show them um, that I, to relate. I wanted to give them something relatable. Mm -hmm. uh, and I don't eat fish. I didn't, I didn't, you know, that's not on the diet usually, but I did that to say, hey, if you're gonna eat meat, can you kill it yourself? Have you asked yourself that? Are you, a are you just getting it randomly from the supermarket, mm. cheap meat that you don't know where it's coming from? Is that really yeah. good for you? You know, is that really good for the planet? Mm. Is, that, is that, you know, have you looked into factory farming? Have you seen the obscene conditions for the cows that you're eating? Is that the meat that you want to put in your body? You know, can you support regenerative farmers? Mm. Can you, that's what's really going to help. Did you watch our... Dominion? No, what's Dominion? Oh, incredible documentary about factory farming. Mm. Goes through cows, chickens, pigs, um, and fish. Yeah. 
it's like it's and it's uh, the commentary is Hakeem Phoenix. It's incredible, mm. and it's all pretty much based in Australia. Mm. Chrissy and I were watching it. We had to stop. It was yeah. so heavy. It was so confronting, even like, even as plant-based eaters. Yeah. I was just, like, so challenged. And, again, yeah. like, once I saw that, I couldn't unsee. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's so many reasons to and eat plants. And it's just, like, but these head-in-the-sand comments and just these gestures, these yeah. postures that we put ourselves into of oh, my palate, my palate trumps yeah. over this. I, I need this. No, these I know, myths. I know. And it is, it's myths. It's, but I've, I've, the reason I bring this up because mm. it is so controversial and I, and I totally feel for so many people that were so mm. triggered by doing that and they felt betrayed yeah. um, by, by me doing that. But I want to connect to those mm. mainstream people. And this is the, the reaction, the strong reaction instead of, yes, what, 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 what I want the vegan movement to be is more inclusive. Yeah. Um, how I feel like with my activism, what I've learned is the more inclusive I can be with my plastic-free living, the more people are inspired and choose to adopt it or at least yeah. do better or use less plastic. I feel that the label vegan can be really polarizing. It's all Fully. or nothing. Whereas I think what we really want is we want more people to be eating less meat every day. So how can yeah. we make vegan diet more inclusive and welcoming to those people mm. so that more people come over, more people come over, less meat, more plants, less meat, more plants. And so there's not this just black and white, vegan or not. It's how can more people come? And so that's where I'm... Mm. I'm I've, it's beautiful, Kate. Yeah, you know, less less labels, less rigid attachment to one um, lifestyle that has this one sentence answer. Because so much vegan food is is corrupt as well. You know, like the soy industry, we're growing, we're oh. cutting down Amazon to grow acres and acres of soy, which is yeah. majority used for for cattle, for in feedlots, and mm. perpetuating the meat industry. And it's packaged in plastic, which is going to kill so many animals. So we have to be critical thinkers we have to be less less attached to rigid lifestyles and and less argumentative and more inviting and inclusive mm. and more welcoming with our language with our activism especially right now um having grown up conservative christian um and even being a pastor in the seventh-day adventist movement i kind of saw growing up really quickly that labeling was so important mm. uh, it was important for tribalizing Mm. And so this person is part of my denomination. That person isn't. This person's in. Mm. That person's out. Mm. I am in New Jerusalem. That person is in Babylon. There's just this, this segregating yeah. and this complete duality. Yeah. Separation. Um, of, yeah, separation. Us and them. Us and them. And, but then I became Pentecostal for a while and then it was me and, you know, the Adventists were wrong, da-da-da. Right. And then... I went post-church and then mm. I was right and then I'm right. And then there's just <laughs> con continually these like mm. every three years I'm looking, I'm like, who's my enemy now? Mm. But then you step into the consciousness world and there's mm. still tribes. Yeah. There's the paleo tribe. Mm. Um, you know, I love Joe Rogan's podcast, but often there is again this tribalizing of, you know, uh, who who's in and who's out when it comes to diets, when it comes to hunting, who doesn't mm. hunt, you know, like animal mm. liberation, who's not that. And But I think, yeah, I think for me, the less that I've um, carried myself in a spirit of martyrdom mm -hmm. and the more that I've just been like, fuck, I love my life. I do care about you and your consumption and your waste, but right. I love my life and I care mm -hmm. about you. Like, yep. I'm not going around carrying my cross saying, like, fuck, my life's 
is so hard because mm-hmm. I don't use Singu's plastics anymore. And if only you could experience what my suffering as well. Right. It's not that because I feel like I've been set free. Yeah. And I don't like to call myself vegan anymore because of how it, it separates me from people. And people mm. feel judged like yep. automatically. Exactly. They don't even know your name. They exactly. know you then. And then, oh, yeah, challenge. You're vegan. You're yeah. in that tribe. Got yeah. it. Yeah. Oh, classic. Goes to Byron every month. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Drives a Prius, you know. But it's just, I think it's increment by increment. And I think uh, more what I design now is just softness. Yeah. Is openness and it's Community. that teachable heart Jesus talked about. You can only see the kingdom if you become a child. Mm. And it's like you and Sarah Rickards, fuck giver, the <laughs> queen of all, taught me. I think you really embodied childlikeness, mm. not childishness. Mm. And I think that is a the starting beginner point. mindset, the beginner mindset, always yeah. coming to it fresh and yeah, open. open. Mm, you're right softness inclusivity and I think that's one of the hardest things when it comes to leaders of governments is that mm. you don't sense that softness it's very no, hard no. it's patriarchy well, it's, it's hard yeah, it's masculine it's, it's the grids, old way mm. mechanistic centralized power structures yeah. that are just these monster units that are impenetrable well it's it's like what um i was telling you before we ch- started this conversation you know that i was chatting with um epic local elder and and global pioneer really um helena norberg hodge and and she was just talking about how these you know these systems these politicians are in place because they were founded on racist sexist corrupt systems hundreds of years ago and our culture has peeled away from that our culture you know empowers women and empowers diversity and um really seeks truth and science and equality but our economy hasn't peeled away from that yet and it's still so uh, and our politics either um the very much old system old patriarchal system and it's going to take a while for that to uh soften or um change and so that's where people cling to tribes and cling to any kind of identity that gives them something um other than the fear and and the mistrust that we all should have in our governments and i think that's where the spirituality can come in i think that that's where the the self love and self care routines are really important and where finding community where people uh you can learn from each other and support each other and be there for each other in community that maybe is less labely than tribes but if that's where you find support that's great as long as we stay open as long as we stay soft and we avoid uh this this separator you know this polarizing divide of of labels and um if we are in in a so-called you know air quotes tribe how can we be more inclusive and make sure that we're not creating more of this us or them because that's what's that's you know how the the government and the patriarchy maintain their control is by putting us against each other is by um you know fueling and and think and now they have technology to be able to market these these opposing stories and viewpoints to persuadable or people that um are kind of on the fence or or directly targeting us in our tribes with our labels using that data that technological data on us to to um craft messages that are going to appeal to our existing viewpoints and create little wars between us you know it's so easy to to think of it that way to to view it and see us as you know we're so avatars uh online connected to our phones constantly <clears throat> uh ingesting all of this media and whatever you know 
uh, we're ingesting. It can be good, it can be bad, uh, but it's oftentimes just marketing. So yes, how do we feel in and connect to what's real? The planet, the earth, the ocean, humans, you know, friendships, community, real people. How do we connect more to that? And that's another thing why plastic is so the issue for me. It's like, it's synthetic, it is fake. Like that is, it's in its core, it's synthetic, it's man-made, we've created that. And it's just another barrier between us and what's real. It's a barrier between us and our food, or us and the oils that are like really gonna, you know, uh, luxuriate our skin. Yeah. Or it's a barrier. So more realness. Mm. <laughs> well, what's it gonna take with these giant systems? Mm. It's a hard one. I think it's gonna take. Mm, it's gonna take it's gonna take a lot. I think you know this year is um, we've got this new decade, which is such a beautiful like portal for transformation and change and, and the magic that we need. And um, we have we have so much awakening, and, and I use that word uh, because yes, like I'm a it's on brand for me as a mystical mermaid, but also there's so many people waking up to the truth, to the science, to the state of the world as it, as it really is in. And, and Australia is such a catalyst for that. Like the disaster here that we're experiencing still now, four months into fires, just raging every day we wake up to more loss. And it's, um, yeah, it's devastating that, that it's taken something so disastrous to, uh, for people to realize that it's the hot, dry conditions of this country that are making these fires uncontainable. And why is it so hot and dry here? The hottest, driest year on record last year, 2019. And, you know, we've had 38 straight months of record-breaking temperatures. And we've had, you know, the hottest days ever on record in, in just last month in December. So what is causing that? You know, it's the warming climate. And so people, there's the science there for people to attach to and realize. So more awakening, more, you know, it's, it's beautiful, it's happening. The systems will change as the humans change, as the humans wake up and, and realize that we actually, you know, we have to make change in our personal lives, uh, which, and it might be a little bit uncomfortable at first, you know, I canceled all my mermaid retreats last year. I didn't, I didn't want to tell people to fly around the world, even though there's, they're so beautiful and important. Um, but I, I, you know, we have to change things. And it was really hard for me to change that and to cancel those. It's hard for me personally to cut back on my flying. For some people, it might be hard for them to eat just plants. You know, we have to make some sacrifices now in our personal lives. Mm. Otherwise, we're going to be very uncomfortable later or soon. Yeah. You know, it's the changing world and, and it's yeah, changing whole regardless. Towns have just run out of water. Yeah. Towns are closing down. Yeah. Uh, Food is going to dry up if the soil I've can't heard that hold in 20 the plants. Years, this country could become Mad Max yeah. if something drastic doesn't change. Parts of it already are. People yeah. going out into boats to escape the fires, having to go out into the ocean and go underwater yeah. to escape the At firestorms. Yeah. So the systems will change as long as the people can accept 
the truth and, and change individually mm. and collectively. So when we change individually and we, we you know, lead by example, by, in, by inspiring mm. authentic, genuine example, and like we were saying, not preaching, not pushing other people to change, not being aggressive, because that's not inviting change. It doesn't um, inspire others to change if we are telling them, stop using plastic, don't you realize that's killing the turtles? Like you are, You're contributing to this mess of the planet and all the pollution instead saying this oh yeah I brought my own cup because um, yeah it's easy you know and it's actually healthier to drink out of glass or metal you know so inspiring change by educating but not pushing and so what, how do the systems change globally well it's going to take individual and that's so beautiful like how what a relief that the way we're going to change the world is by focusing, starting with ourselves and just living the best life we can and living our truth, living authentically and working with our community, you know, and, and supporting the um, solutions, supporting the, um, you know, regenerative agriculture, like shopping at the farmers, shopping with the, supporting the farmers that are doing it regeneratively, um, you know, looking at carbon drawdown methods and, and supporting those businesses, supporting uh, renewable energy, you know, trying to do our best to support this green economy. Because there's, it's beautiful, like there's so much money in that too. It's not like we're going to suffer. There's plenty, the, the, the creating a better world that our hearts and minds know is possible is, is it's going to work. Yeah. It's, it's coming, it's coming. We're doing it. All of our carbon sequestration methods currently, I mean, there's, there's tons, right? So um, forest, plants, trees draw carbon down. It's part of their life cycle. They um, <clears throat> feed on the carbon uh, and then they pass that on through photosynthesis, just like with sunlight, and they pass those nutrients on to, um, they go down into the roots and they pass those on to the microbiology in the soil, which is what creates healthy soil. And, and they need diversity amongst the plants um, to, to, yeah, to feed more, you know, so that the microbiology are healthy and they're, they're getting more diversity in terms of the food that they're being fed from the different plants. And that's why monocrops, like uh, acres and acres of soy or corn or whatever, sugarcane, um, <clears throat> depletes the soil so much because there's, there's just the one crop. There's just the monoculture of that one plant forever and ever and ever. And so the soil has less diversity to feed from. And, um, <clears throat> excuse me, that's why forests are such a better uh, um, carbon sequestration tool, I guess, but it's just a forest, you know, um, because there's all these different plants drawing carbon, da carbon down and then they store it in the soil. Uh, so that's how it really acts as the carbon sequestration is they store that carbon by feeding it to that microbiology and that stores it in the soil. But the monocrop, when there's corn and soy for acres, can't store it in the soil because um, it's just that one plant forever and ever and that's what depletes the soil and causes that soil erosion on top of the fact that they then use synthetic fertilizers, you know, and pesticides um, to kill all the microbiology and kill all the other plants that's there. So that kills the soil even more. Uh, and that's what, you're right, then, then we can't grow food there, we can't grow anything there. So and planting... food, we're eating all these lettuce leaves with no nutrients. Right, yeah, and we just have no the idea. Density's just not there. Because it's the cheaper, minerals. so we buy it. Oh, man. <laughs> Which makes no sense, like always buy organic local produce, always, always, always. Um, but yeah, I, that makes sense, carbon banks. So places where we can, um, yeah, start to store the carbon, uh, like seaweed farms, we're storing carbon, um, yeah. Forests, uh, soil. And food forests, I think, need to become way more a thing. Yeah, right? yeah, oh, absolutely. Because 
there's probably going to be wars over food. Yeah. Already is. Well, with so much water. With so, because we went so hard into monoculture, when yeah. we went so hard into just growing the one crop for, you know, states and states, like there's just corn forever. And that's, like you said, depleting the soil. We can't mm. grow stuff there anymore. Like yeah. wanting to go back to growing our own food, supporting the local. And there's, and that, there's such a movement for that, you know, of course, because mm. it needs to be, it needs to happen. So that's where, I, that's where I'm trying to spread this narrative of hope because it is happening. Yeah. Like these things are happening. So all is not lost. These things are happening. There's regenerative farming. Farming is becoming trendy, which is so cute. Like I love. Regenerative babes. Regenerative babes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Um, yeah, it's so exciting. You know, so, and and yes, idealistic, we can do this, regenerative farming, like save the world, support the local farmer, but also so much technology is evolving to to, to solve this as well. So you guys drones that can plant trees. Yeah, I mean, like, I just think that, again, like I said, I am open. I am trying to stay yeah. so open to how to solve these issues and we're not going to do it alone. I'm not going to do it alone, you know, what is what are the solutions bring them on let's invest in all of them let's see them all out what we should avoid is thinking that one thing is going to solve this problem one thing for the entire planet local solutions are going to be very different the world wide you know that's where we messed up with plastics we were like oh cool this material that's like really durable and weather resistant and lasts a long time let's package our food in it let's use it for it, I mean it was really adopted in, in World War II when um, all like in the states for example all the men went away to war and the women were had to enter the workforce and um, they were at home also trying to raise the family and feed the kids and so they were like well we've got this plastic which is really useful for our soldiers we're using it for you know um, helmets and gear because it's light and durable well, let's use that at home in the States as well for the, for the um, families. Let's give them food that's, you can just put it in the microwave and it's easy and their dinner's done. And let's give them plates and, and um, silverware that they can just throw away so they don't have to do the dishes. So it was just efficient. They were trying to solve that, that um, need. And let's be honest, it was big oil, you know, trying, being like, oh, here's another way that we can make money. Um, and so they... In, they impl implemented these TV dinners and plastic cutlery and that just took off. And then without thinking of the consequences of this, you know, quick, easy, throwaway material, now it pollutes our world like nothing else. So, so as we try to think of solutions for our planet, we, we must really think of the um, circular economy and the full life cycle of these products and materials and solutions that we're, um, you know, uh, analyzing or looking at or being excited about, like I'm so excited about all the innovation that's coming out. That's really what I'm what I'm focusing on this next year or two is just supporting and amplifying the solutions. And yeah, if drones can plant trees and deliver food or, or you know plant seeds by dropping seed pods, that's awesome. I haven't looked into it too much, so I don't know if that's going to like take out birds, you know, or what the. But it's just exciting that that stuff is being created and. Oh, so exciting! <laughs> yeah. I never want to become nihilistic again. Mm. I always, I don't want to, um, you know, just be like a Ned Flanders and just think that everything's going to be okay and just like <laughs> idlio, you know, you know neighborino and just like just, but I want to be a realist, but I think yeah. there is hope and I think, yeah. I think technology and I think mm. personal spirituality, I think mm. there's a combination of things mm. that need to work symbiotically. And like, how fun like, how good is all of that? Like, I want to be an epic, 
I am like an epic spiritual being. I have such a deep spiritual practice. I'm so tuned into my intuition and to source energy. Like I am just a channel for this environmental work. I truly feel that. I feel such like a channel for the earth's mission, but also I'm such a frother for technology and innovation. Like the, like they, they're not opposed, you know? They're not opposing interests. They, they are fully in alignment. If we use technology for good, it's when we use it for bad that it, that it it's like corrupt and evil. But there's so many ways and it's just creating those checks and balances and those honest discussions around these solutions to keep them you know, working for the planet. And that's why I think B corporations are such a good structure. I mean, Patagonia is such a, an incredible company that's doing it so right, you know, changing their mission to go into business for good um, or for the planet. You know, so there's, there's a lot of examples of things that can be championed and celebrated. And yeah, I'm, I'm you know, I have honest, um, authentic sadness, you know, mm. yesterday for sure, today for yeah. sure. But I also so am excited. So you guys can know Kate was going to come to see our little busking festival down at the yeah. Byron Bay main beach and she shared it on her socials, but we didn't see her there. Mm. She had a hard day. Well, yeah, and I had lamenting koalas. Well, and that's why I wanted to come. That's why I really needed to come down to the beach and sing and dance with the brothers. <laughs> <laughs> but I was invited to chat with Helena, and, and it just felt like you know that's really. Mm, um, it really felt good for my heart to sit with this beautiful elder and and hear you know she was talking about big picture activism and and the economics of happiness that's her documentary um, and yeah how we can really change the systems and what it's going to take and it just felt you know it was different heart healing than dancing with the brothers at the beach that would have mm. been so good but I was there in spirit and I'm so glad that other people were able to to dance with you, with you guys. And, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was actually phenomenal. It oh, was like, yay. it was of like church. It was. <laughs> it was like heavenly. What a lineup! My gosh. Yeah, and just the amount of times that we just all jumped up on stage and oh. sang each other's songs, just grabbed <laughs> tambourines and like saxophones, and just like mm. just such a beautiful energy yeah. of togetherness. Yeah, so important. Yeah, so much that. unity. Please for a keep doing that. Yeah. <laughs> No, mm. um, just on um, who we're we just talking about, Helena. I remember yeah. Helena spoke at New Kind, and she said that she was talking about redundant economy, mm. and it was just I just love her vernacular. I think she's got yeah. such a way with words, and she speaks from such a place of research mm. and and journey. <clears throat> but she's talking about like simply, for example, the UK was exporting like twenty. I think it was something like 20,000 tonnes of bottled water to Australia. Mm. And Australia was exporting 20,000 tonnes yeah. of bottled water to the UK. Yeah. And it's just redundant economy. economy. Yeah. Like, why do we work like that? Obviously, it's the toxic side of capitalism. Mm. We're looking for gains, mm-hmm. but all the emissions it takes to ship all of this water. Yeah. When it's here, we're just playing tennis with our resources. Yeah. Again, a spiritual problem. Well, and who's profiting from all that, you know? That's what yeah. we have to start looking at is why do we do the things we do? Mm. Who would profit from that, you know? Who's making the bottled water? Who's packaging the water? Mm. Oil. <laughs> That's yeah. what plastic is. Crude you know, oil. Wh- who's transporting it? What is, what are those tra- what's the transportation running on? Oil. Yeah. You know, so wh- when we start to look at, at 
how the economy, yeah, like Helena, oh my gosh, what a woman. And so to, to hear her put it out so clearly is, is really what gave me that heart healing last night was to just feel like some clarity and all this madness. And it's just like, oh, that makes so much sense. That's what we're all grasping for. We're all just like in fear and anxiety because we don't understand it because we're not mm. meant to because it is crazy what's happening. It's such, you know, like global fuckery that we, we can't even understand it. We don't even know where to begin. Mm. As a communicator, as a storyteller, I'm like, where do I even start with this stuff? You know, mm. like what, where, what disaster do you start with? Or, or where, <laughs> you know, it's crazy. That's such a myriad. Yeah, but, when, but that's why Helena's point is like big picture activism, you know? Like what, why are we, what's the big picture? Like, okay, all these countries and we're trading and we're exporting and we're importing all these things. Like you're right, like mm. it, exporting all this food when, or like importing all this food as well when we have so much growing right here mm, and we don't, we don't buy it because it's cheaper to buy the imported stuff. But is it? It's not. We're, we are paying the price. Look okay. at us. We're paying the price right now. All that fuel That's burned sick. to transport our food all over the world has caused the country to dry up and heat up. And now yeah. we're burning. Yeah. So it's just making those connections that's important right now is just helping us all to, to see that bigger picture. And, you know, that's why I'm, I'm excited to work with Helena and, and support her work because, yeah, that's all plastic. And yeah. plastic is a gateway for me. Like, I, I want to talk about all the things, but it's mm. helpful to narrow our focus as we try to take these issues yeah. on. So that's why I... I otherwise, I, there's overwhelm. Yeah, otherwise there's overwhelm. I think overwhelm. it's good to... I, th I felt really convicted in my core to be like... I'm so passionate about music and I feel yeah. so gifted. In you it, are so gifted. Well, <laughs> you <laughs> you know, just organically, I've done like my 10,000 mm. hours. Like I've done mm. my time. Yep. I understand it and I can produce it. Like I think sonically, that's just how I do life. It's how mm. I be. Um, and obviously my, my highest regard now is planetary health mm. and wellness and flourishing and what greater platform and, I could let all that go and, you know, and chain myself to a tree. Mm. But I really want to communicate through my music mm. consciousness and, and focus on that thing. And I could have done it through film as well and through figurative painting and through ceramics, but I'm like, no, like, I can choose one thing, sit on it, focus. Yeah. And, yeah, um, ocean protection through music. Yes. It's easier That's your to, reason. To, to take on one thing, you know. Uh. I want to, two more questions, Kate. I'm frothing, by the way. I know you've got a lot of things to do. I've got to go to dinner too. Um, what freaks you out the most about plastics as a bit of a mm. pro in the plastics world? And um, I want to hear from you why it really does matter yep. for our society and for us as individuals. Mm. Um, great question. <laughs> I'll start from the beginning. Initially, I was drawn to this issue because of the environmental impacts and how it was mm. polluting our oceans and making its way into the food chain uh, that at that time I was eating fish and to learn that fish were ingesting plastic and that we would then ingest that plastic. That's really why I gave up eating fish um, years and years ago, almost a decade. So um, that was... Uh, you know, that the initial um, negative impact on our, 
our environment, on our wildlife, to know that filter feeders, whales, and manta rays, and these these creatures that open their mouth and, and just cruise through the water trying to eat phytoplankton, trying to eat their fill of krill. Instead, we're taking on all these plastics. And that just really didn't sit well with me, of course. Now we're seeing so many animals washing up on the beaches uh, from ingesting so much plastic. And... Um, then, then it really, you know, that was my first kind of plastic awakening and uh, to go out to the Great Pacific Trash Shire and see all of this trash congregated in, in these whirlpool-like systems, these gyres where all the currents converge and seeing that it was creating this dead zone and it wasn't just sitting there as this like island of trash, but it was then breaking up into tiny little oh. millions of pieces creating Sorry, this plastic that? soup. Hmm? Where was this? This is a Great Pacific Trash Shire between California and Hawaii. Yeah. Uh, so th- I visited that years mm. ago, 10 years ago or whatever, when I first had this like, oh my gosh, I have to quit plastics. Um, so initially it was the environmental impact, which many people are, are waking up to, you know, just because we can see it on the beaches. And um, now, uh, a few years ago, I was sent a book called Estro Generation, written by Dr. Anthony Jay. And he sent that to my address, and he said, uh, you know, the book is all about how plastic acts like estrogen in our bodies. So as we, say, eat fish that is full of plastic, and then um, that... Uh, that plastic, what does it do in our bodies? If we um, drink water that has been held in a plastic bottle, uh, if we eat food that's been packaged in plastic, how does that impact our bodies? Mm. So what really scares me... On um, a molecular level. Yeah, yeah. I mean, okay, so so I'll get to the effects. Like, the health mm. effects are really scary. Um, but first, I want to explain how it's going to make its way into our body. So plastic, um, we can ingest it, we can inhale it, we can absorb it. Um, and we can take it... Um, you know, there's uh, the particles of flat plastic, the actual flakes, the microplastics, the nanoplastics that flake off um, of plastics. And then there's the chemicals that leach from plastics. So um, the, the uh, and both of them are estrogenic. So it's all estrogenic. It's all acting like estrogen in our bodies. Um, how does it make it into our bodies? So uh, we inhale it, we're breathing in the particles, the, the little plastic particles as dust in our air. Anytime you crinkle a plastic uh, container or water bottle or bag, um, or you're, you're at a store and you're whipping through fast fashion or synthetic clothes on the racks, or you're in a grocery store where there's tons of plastic packaging, you crinkle it and it's releasing little flakes. It's releasing little microfibers, the clothing. It's releasing microfibers or crinkling the packaging. It's releasing microplastics, these tiny little microscopic bits of the material flaking off. Um, That's how it gets into the air. It settles as dust. So that's how we're breathing it in. So anytime you go into a shopping mall, there's way more plastic in the air. At at, um, stoplights where all the tires are like burning and paused, like there's all these tire particles that we're breathing in. Um, So there's there's ways we inhale it. Um, There's ways we absorb it. So most anti-wrinkle, pretty much all anti-wrinkle cream products um, and beauty products that are saying like glowing skin, all of that contains plastic. It fills in the, the wrinkles and it has this reflective quality that reflects the light to make you look younger or brighter or glowing. So a lot of cosmetics have plastics in it. So we absorb them through our skin. Um, yeah. And then there's the ingestion, which, which we're hearing more about now as we learn that there's so much plastic in our water. Um, and so... 
uh, we ingest these particles into our bloodstream and they act like estrogen as they travel around our bodies. And um, again, like I said, I'll get to the health impacts in a moment. Um, when does plastic leach chemicals? So uh, not only does plastic flake, these little particles, these little flakes um, that we breathe in and we, we consume, um, but it also leaches. So uh, when you contain food in plastic or drink in plastic, the actual container is leaching its chemicals, you know, all these uh, additives. Um, so plastic itself, you know, there's the main ingredient plastic and then there's all these chemicals that are added to it to give it various characteristics like color or texture or rigidity or flexibility, make it this like amazing material that we so love to use for all these applications. Um, so we add all these chemicals, this is like so deep, so stay with me because this is so important. Um, we add these chemicals to the plastic to give it these characteristics. All of those, those chemicals, they, they leach. They don't just stay in that plastic container. So um, there are three circumstances when these chemicals leach and when the, the plastic chemicals leach. Um, heat, duration, and fat. So if something is hot that you put into a plastic container, chemicals are leaching into that. Um, so if what about you, like getting fucking Thai food on yeah. a Friday night, just sitting there and <laughs> I eat that every week? You are dosing. After I saw that YouTube video <laughs> that you put out about the leaching aspect, <laughs> I've... <laughs> yeah, that's, it's, it's making it's, you it's sick right now. It. It's making me sick right now. <laughs> Yeah, it's hectic. I mean, that's why that's why like I stay with my focus on plastic. Like even though climate, yes, but like we're still poisoning ourselves every day with all the plastic we use. So heat, if you put any hot beverage into plastic container, if you put hot food into plastic, if you microwave plastic, if you're on a if you have a plastic water bottle or you drink out of plastic water bottles and it's a hot day or it's traveled through a hot climate, Chemicals are leaching into your water. Like you're dosing yourself with these estrogenic chemicals. Second thing, um, is fat. So if you put a fatty substance into plastic, if it's greasy, oily Thai food, if it's a latte with milk, you know, if it's if it's body cream that has like creamy, fatty, you know, oils in it, um, if there's fat, these chemicals are lipophilic, so they're attracted to fat, so they're gonna, you know, go from the plastic packaging into whatever it's containing. Um, what else? Duration. So if something's sitting in plastic packaging on the shelf for a long time, it's gonna leach. So, so even if it's in like a just like a normal um, room temperature shelf, yeah, doesn't over even time. need heat over Does, time. Yeah. Over time, yeah. If it's sitting in there long enough, it'll they'll transfer. Mm. So yeah, that's it's. it's you know, it just gives us reason to just try and phase out plastics altogether. Yeah. Uh, it's just not healthy. It's not safe. There, there's so many methods for which we use plastic. It's infiltrated so much of our lives. And really, food is one way that we can really protect ourselves is just by eating, you know, again, another plug for plant-based, right? Like eating fresh, whole foods instead of anything packaged in plastic and anything processed. You know, that's not food anyways. It's, it's made to be edible, but it's not like food that's going to fuel your body. Uh, so yeah, so what does it do to our, what does it do to our health? How does it affect us? We, um, you know, estrogen is a hormone that's triggered when we're trying to tell our body certain things. And, you know, pregnant women get tons of estrogen that's, you know, and they gain weight to support their body, to support the growing fetus and their mood, their emotions are, are all over the place. You know, they're, um, so happy and, um, when we flood our bodies with estrogen-mimicking chemicals like plastic, we are sending 
our body, you know, we've got estrogen triggers all over our body, less, far less than like hunger hormones, for example. And so the, this plastic travels through our bloodstream and it's just triggering estrogen, 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 triggering all those receptors for this hormone, telling our body to put on weight. Tell it, you know, um, waging this sort of emotional war, just like extreme mood swings, which is cause, causes depression, causes psychological disorders and onto other mental health issues. Um, we can see this uh, most in children, children and fetuses, of course, pregnant women are most susceptible to all of, to all toxins. Um, but we see this play out in, in uh, mostly in, in depression and, and um, mental health uh, Problems. We also, it uh, causes um, cell growth, just like in pregnancy. It causes cell growth in our bodies when we're not pregnant, when we're not even female. So this affects men and women and all genders. Uh, causes cell growth, which can eventually lead to cancers. Um, it uh, causes, uh, it can cause heart disease. Um, it affects the reproductive system. So it's, it's um, really contributing to infertility. You know, it's it's um, flooding ourselves with this sex hormone. This that's disrupting our endocrine system. Um, it's really scary. It's really hard. It's really hard to talk about. It's because it's such sensitive issues. Um, you know, and there's there's another book which I recommend people read if they're interested in this topic. What was the first book? Estrogeneration. Yeah. It's about the top ten um, ill reproductive system altering chemicals that we're exposed to on a daily basis. And plastic are just two of those lists, by the way. Yeah, so that's why it's so important for us to focus on reducing our plastic um, use in general, because we're being so dosed by this stuff across the board. You know, red food dye. Um, what are some other ones? Oh, birth control itself is like an intentional one that we're, we're taking. Um, yeah, there's a lot. Benz, like the oxybenzyl... I can't remember the chemical name, but the, the main ingredient in, sun, in most commercial sunscreens, which is now banned in many places like Hawaii. So amazing. Yeah, to protect the reefs. So yeah. grassroots activism works. Oh. <laughs> yeah. So big answer. Big answer. What scares me about plastic? Short answer, uh, that it affects our fertility. Mm. That we, uh, we think it's convenient and making our lives easier, but it's really making us sick and fat and depressed and infertile. <sighs> Mm. Huge. <laughs> huge. Like the hugest. Yeah. Yeah. Choking ecosystems. Yep. But killing us. And, and supporting, and when we support things packaged in plastic, we're probably supporting that big system we were just talking about. <laughs> yeah. you it's know, being the, linear. Yeah, the global import-export system that's sending our food Far. around the world. And that's why it needs to be packaged to be kept fresh. And we buy into that because we're like, you know, uh, germaphobes and we value <laughs> hygiene. But really, true hygiene is eating plants grown in dirt. Like, we need that for our microbiome. Yeah, <laughs> we need that that biodiversity of, of microbiology. To, we need to it's ingest. It's not germaphobes, but like the germ count on our own mobile phones. It's oh, kind gross. of like, totally. <laughs> has to be packaged and three layers of plastic. Like, it's just, <laughs> yeah, it's funny. Like, even when brands want to send me stuff, like even eco companies, yeah. I have to be so crystal clear. I'm mm -hmm. like, 
Honestly, I don't even really care if this cool organic linen shirt gets damaged. Just don't put any plastic around right. it to send it to me. Yeah. It's already yeah. coming from Adelaide to get it. That's a long way. Mm-hmm. Like, you Good know. Good for you. But as in like, you have to be. You have to be. Like, you, get all these, you get all these weird bioplastics nah, that your worms fucking hate. Right. Well, and we can, <laughs> we like, like I said, I'm like support all the solutions and like all the innovation. Yeah. Yes. But like you know, still be discerning and still recognize when there's something better that works. You know, like we don't need to use bioplastic packaging. We can use recycled paper. We can use recycled cardboard. And if your thing gets damaged on the way, like wash it and it's fine. Um, I so appreciate you sharing that because you're right. Like that's something that we can all do today is just anytime you order anything online is just specify that you want plastic free packaging, you know, and if they don't know what that is, be like cardboard, recycled cardboard, (laughs) paper tape, you know, we don't, we are, like I said, the systems are going to change through individual active, through individual change that leads to collective change. So exert your, you know, be communicate your your desires because that's how we alter the the supplies. We communicate demand for less shit. We communicate demand for less plastic. And every time we consume, talk to the people, talk to the employees, talk to the manager. You know, talk, email the CEO, whatever. Start to communicate all this desire for plastic-free products and packaging, and it get, it makes its way. That's yeah. why there is bioplastic packaging because yeah. enough people communicated that to yeah. create a demand for it. Yeah. So let's be more specific about what we're asking for. And, and, it's, and it's not the answer, but it's a start. Yeah. It's a conversation. Yeah. I was on an ad with David Jones for their Christmas. Um, ad this year and, and it, was, it was really fun it was beautiful <laughs> yeah. massive budget on this massive set with like seven other artists from Australia but mm. um, some of the creative marketing team were there and yeah. they're like really groovy they're like Billy we've been following you now for two months we <laughs> love the tunes love what you're doing and I was just like do you guys listen a lot to millennials um, what they're consuming what they're not consuming now like, mm. honestly Billy it's been our target this year to really learn and I was just like yeah, like, where are you guys at then, like, mm. with um, with um, conscious consuming mm. and um, sustainability, that conversation, packaging, mm. and they just, they just told me that they're, they're so challenged about the current, quote-unquote, climate of consuming, how it is changing, and yeah. everyone's kind of blowing their whistle in different ways, and, mm. and especially young people are asking the questions yeah. um, to the big companies, and they are listening. And they've changed their whole understanding of waste and repairs. Mm. There's almost like these mini Patagonia-esque things that are coming through and even the big companies. And that was like unheard of 10 years ago. Mm. Oh, consumers care just as much, if not more, about social Mm. impact and environmental impact from the places they buy their things. You know, there's really a switch in in what people care about. And yeah, the companies, it's not really, maybe, I don't know, I don't think it's really out of like this noble desire to change, but more so about satisfying their customers. But bigger. Yeah, individually, the people within there probably are stoked, you know, like I definitely believe that. But if they're still believing this great eternal myth of eternal economic growth. Yeah, how do we make dollar yeah for sure last question kate um been blown away i've just like saturated with so many truths Mm. but i just want to kind of really come inside the kate nelson and just like (laughs) um was there at any time in your journey like a certain time where there was like a breaking experience that really caused you 
to reflect and and maybe that even became its own kind of recreational moment mm. for you and I've just kind of been asking everyone that I've interviewed just certain moments on the hero's journey. You're a hero of mine. Oh. But um, just on a vulnerable level, yeah. on a, like you are a world changer, but coming personal mm. to you and intimately into the Kate world. Mm. Was there a moment in time, like a breaking point and a breakthrough point mm. from that? Absolutely. Uh, my mom died when I was 19 mm. in a car accident. And uh, that really changed my world, mm. of course, of course. She was my world. She was such an incredible woman, incredible uh, women's rights activist. She fought to the Supreme Court and won. And uh, incredible businesswoman, such a community leader. I was raised in the church as well, and we, you know, volunteered so much through the church and did so much community service, which is what led to me doing environmental service work. That's when I chose um, my service work as an adult. I chose uh, ocean conservation. Uh, yeah, she she was such a role model, and to lose her was devastating, of course. Uh, to lose this incredible guiding light and force within my life really made me question what what our purpose was here on earth, what, what we were even doing. And I come from immense privilege. I, I learn it more and more every day, you know, how much privilege I come from. And, and that's part of the reason why I, I do what I do is I feel like, wow, I do have resources and I do have this platform. So it's important to, to use that privilege um, for the planet and for people who don't have a voice. Uh, so yeah, mom um, died and, and I was in college, I was 19 and I was studying business economics and I switched my major to study philosophy. I needed answers, I just was searching for, for what mattered. And I studied abroad in Africa, I studied abroad in Cape Town, and I saw so much incredible joy and love and death. Mm -hmm. So many people had lost family members and people close to them, and, uh, and they still could laugh and love, and they raised each other's children, and they you know, looked after each other, and they banded together in this community, and I learned so much from that. I learned that you know, I was not alone, uh, that that I I was not. Hey. You alone. Yeah, that I wasn't alone in experiencing death, uh, and that I, um, and that our culture is just really disconnected and out of touch with rituals around. Yeah, ceremony. Like, you know, in in so many cultures around the world, they celebrate death, um, and they have dance, and they have um, song, and they have, you know, yeah, ceremony. And, and together, they work together. You know, they they have cathartic release, and they hold space for each other for people to cry and to wail. And for us, I know I had a week where I wore black, and you know, we had a wake and a funeral, and I shook hands, and I was so in shock, and I was so in shock for years after she. Died died. And um, yeah, being in Africa, learning that this is this, I'm, you know, our culture doesn't, don't, we don't have these 
uh, rituals to heal and, and to accept death and that death is a part of nature. It's a part of life and death. It's part, you know, it's the one thing that is inevitable for all of us to experience. And why don't we look at it more realistically and embrace it and see it as what it is, which is just natural. Instead, it's this, this kind of like, we don't talk about it. Um, so anyways, losing my mother really shifted my, my, my worldview. It, it helped me kind of, um, you know, try and figure out, be, be more, you know, I was searching for what is my purpose on this planet. If this person I love so much can just be taken from me like that, how can I live? What do I live for? And I found so much healing in the ocean. Yeah, just so much um, joy and playfulness in, in my water sports and, and so much mystery as I, as I became a scuba diver and, and then a free diver, like looking under the water and seeing octopus and, you know, like the incredible marine ecosystems that are so diverse and incredible, like magical, like just so wonderful. And we don't even know much about our oceans at all. There's so much mystery there. So feeling so much... Uh, magic and mystery in this in this beautiful place that also healed me so much my my temple you know the ocean offering so much love and healing and and that's when yeah I started getting into conservation of the ocean just wanting to protect it and preserve this beautiful um, part of nature part of this natural world part of our planet um, but yeah you know Billy I used to not talk about um, my mom dying I used to not talk about like really draw that into my story and I think it was because I hadn't, um, I, it still felt emotional, it still felt like a raw wound. And, um, and I've done so much self-reflection and so much self-healing that I feel more comfortable with that part of my life. Uh, I've really accepted and seen how her life, um, her death transformed me and, and gave me the courage to pursue what really matters, you know, mm. which is the present. And she, as a, as a women's rights activist, she stood up for what she believed in. And so I have this legacy mm, of hers. Beautiful heritage. Oh, to, to yeah. draw from and draw mm. from her courage and her strength and, and to know that what, whatever I feel called, whatever my heart is called to, I no longer have a parent telling me what to do. Mm. I have to choose and I have to feel into what is right for myself mm. and what is in alignment for my soul. And if that's protect the planet, that makes more sense than anything else. Mm. You know, I've lost one mother. Why would, why would I risk losing another? <laughs> wow. Just sit in that for a moment. Yeah. So much love for you, Kay. Mm, Thank you for being part of my you. family. Oh, of course, Billy. It's so such an honor. Love you. Yeah. love you so much too, yeah. brother. Yeah. Mm. And, Thank um, you for all the work you do. You are such a beacon of light and wisdom and such an incredible communicator. I really want to honor and, and acknowledge you for that. Oh, such a beautiful voice. I love watching you perform. <laughs> <laughs> but also sharing what you're sharing. Thank you for using the stage and the microphone for so much good and for so transforming so many hearts and minds. Thank you. <laughs> love the fest. cosmic love fest. Regenerative babes. Regenerative babes. Hashtag regenerative babes. Yeah. Check out iquitplastics.com online for all the special info for Kate's adventures and what she has to offer to the world. She's on Instagram as well. Don't miss her stories. She's an inspiration and a great laugh. Love her. Bless you guys. <laughs>